The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 72 The Queen of Hearts 1883, January 15, Denver, Colorado Paris was about to take her guns off when she heard a knock at the bedroom door. She stepped to the other side of the room, turned, and faced the door before she spoke. Who is it? Whiskey girl, it's me, said the voice of Philocides from the other side of the door. Paris set her hand on her holster, but didn't move to draw her gun. So, Viper, you've finally come for me, have you? Let's do this, then. Paris watched as the door slowly opened. Philocides stood in the doorway, his hand next to his holster. One, he said. Two, said Paris. Three, they both said simultaneously. Each of them grabbed their gun and drew as fast as they could. Philocides had his gun out first, but instead of pulling the trigger, he simply said, Bang! Damn it, Viper! How do you do it? Paris asked. Don't hold your breath. Breathe in, and then, as you pull your weapon, breathe out. How could that possibly help? I don't know, but it does. Is Thalia here? No. Why would you think she'd be here? Because she lives here. She doesn't live here. She lives at... Paris looked around the room. The room was a little cluttered. There were Thalia's dresses hanging around the room on hooks set into the walls. There was a vanity covered in Thalia's makeup and perfumes. The chair had a pair of Thalia's stockings hanging over it. There was her jewelry case, set with chains, pendants, and little bows. On the bed were a pile of pillows she brought, equal only to her pile of blankets, that seemed as deep as the bed itself. Thalia's doll sat on a chair near the window. Next to it, there was her stuffed elephant and bear. Paris knew the wardrobe was now full of Thalia's clothes. When did this happen? Thought Paris. Almost everything in the room was Thalia's. She had continued to sneak in, or simply asked to stay over, every night since that first. She had brought over some of her things. Every day, something new appeared. Her vanity, her perfume, her stuffed animals. Paris looked back at Philocides. She lives here. Paris said with a bit of surprise in her voice. You're just realizing that now? I thought she was just staying the night. Of course she is. She lives here. Oh, shit. Well, I want to talk to you both. Do you know when she's coming back? I... No. Paris seems stunned by her realization. Well, it looks like you two need to talk. I'll come back later. Come back later for what? asked Thalia as she entered the room. She was removing her earrings. She walked around Philocides and sat down at her vanity. She began to remove the rest of her jewelry and place them into the jewelry box that was over full. Do you live here? Me? asked Thalia. Yeah, you. Do you live with me? I don't live anywhere else. You don't have a room in the brothel? No, I wasn't going there, so I gave it up. You don't mind, do you? No. Just the opposite. Oh, Celia's not paying for this, is she? No, whiskey girl. I live with you, and I'm allowed to do anything I like to you free of charge. 
as long as you keep me fed, which you have, and keep a roof over my head, which you've also done, even if you don't know it, and pay for anything I need, which I can handle on my own. So are you okay with this? What does that make you? I'm the same as I've always been. I'm Thalia. But you, what it makes you is my boyfriend. Boyfriend? You mean lover. Yes, but we like to say boyfriend. It's a little loophole we've all agreed upon ages ago. Nobody gets to play for free, but there are other ways of paying. Sometimes you can pay with your love and devotion. Boyfriend. Paris asked as she walked up to Thalia, still sitting at her vanity. Boyfriend, girlfriend, which would you prefer? Asked Thalia. I think I've always been more fond of lover. Paris leaned over and kissed her on the lips. Philocides cleared his throat. <clears throat> I don't I don't mean to interrupt, but since you're both here, I have a question and then I'll go. Mm. Go ahead, Viper. What did you want to know? Thalia asked as she turned to him and began unbuttoning her dress. It's about Celia. Yeah? Asked Paris. Celia is not seeing anyone, is she? As far as I know, she sees everyone. We don't know any invisible people. No, I mean, I know she broke up with William. She's not like you guys, is she? Us guys? Asked Paris. A woman? Asked Thalia. Oh, she is certainly a woman, Paris stated. No, you, no, you know what I mean? He tried to restate. An Aquarius. I know I'm an Aquarius. How about you, Thalia? Paris teased. No, I'm a Sagittarius. You're an Aquarius. When's your birthday? It should be coming up. Exactly one month from now. Oh, on the 15th. How old will you be? Old enough to do this. <laughs> Paris leaned down and once again began to kiss Thalia, but this time her hands slipped around her dress and under the now unbuttoned fabric. Philocides once again cleared his throat. Thalia and Paris stopped for a moment and looked up at him. Um, <clears throat> what, I, what I mean is, is she playing on the girls' team? Girls' team? Thalia, do I play on the girls' team? Paris once again teased. Absolutely, you're 100% girls' team. Me? I'll swing at anything they throw at me. <laughs> they both began to laugh. Okay, stop it. I, I don't know why I even ask you these things. Philocides threw up his hands and turned to walk from the door. Come back, Viper, we're sorry, Thalia said as she got up from her chair. She pulled her dress off and laid it on the bed. She sat carefully back down again, keeping herself covered and her legs closed. If you're interested in Celia, I have to warn you, she's a bit of a puzzle. She doesn't seem to like men very much, but she does take a boyfriend here and there. If you want to know the key to her heart, you're going to have to talk to Naomi. They grew up together, and if anyone knows Celia intimately, it's Naomi. So, if you convince her that you don't mean Celia any harm, I'm sure she'll be happy to help you find a way into her bed. Honestly, I think it'd be good for her, don't you, darling? Thalia explained and then turned to Paris. Yes, dear. I think that's wise advice. Paris answered. Now, if you're going to stay any longer, I'm going to have to charge you for the show. Thalia pulled off her corset cover. Mm, no, no, I'll, I'll be going. Thank you for the advice. Do you know where Naomi is? She was going to have Cassandra drive her back to town. They're probably still in the barn if you hurry, Thalia explained. Thanks. Philocides turned and shut the door behind him as he left. 
Valia and Paris laughed. When Paris began to kiss her again, Boyfriend? Paris whispered. Lover? Valia whispered back. Cassandra moved the horses into position and began to yoke them together and tether them to the cart. Naomi stood impatiently tapping her foot as she watched Cassandra work. Philocides took off his hat as he entered the barn. Then he put it back on. He tried to clear his throat, but it came out more of a her hum than a coughing sound. Naomi set her hands on her hips as she watched him approach. She was very aware of the way he was looking at her. Many men before had approached her in such a way. He wanted something. Something she was very good at supplying. She wondered if he would have the courage. Naomi, can I have a word with you? He asked as he once again took his hat off. Go ahead, cowboy, shoot. Naomi challenged. It's that. I wanted to know if... I'm not exactly sure how to ask these things. I find it best just to blurt it out. You want a girl for the night, and you want me to help arrange it? Question is, which girl? Valia has already retired for the evening, but I'm always available if the price is right, Naomi said. Cassandra watched them as she worked. No, 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 you, you misunderstand. I'm not looking to hire either of you. I just want some advice. Well, that's good, because the whiskey girl has a very open mind about Thalia doing her job. But if you were to sleep with her, I don't know if she could resist the temptation to shoot you the next time you played that little quick-draw game of yours. You know what? This, this is a bad idea. Forget it. Forget I was even here. No, Viper, wait. Now you've made me too curious. Go ahead. What are you looking for? Celia. She's available, isn't she? Oh, Viper, that's a very loaded question. Is she available for what, exactly? I just I just wanted to check with her friends before I made a fool of myself talking to her. I could also use some advice. I don't sell Celia's affections. I'm not looking to buy them. I just want to know if I have a chance with her. Okay, Romeo, what are you offering? What do you mean? When she began dating the sheriff, she did it because having him in her back pocket allowed her a freedom she'd never experienced before. His protection gave her something she wanted. When she began dating William, instead it was because he offered her that bar. She would have had to give up the protection of the sheriff, but it made her more independent. She began to rely on herself and not others. What are you going to offer her that'll set her free? I can offer her protection. Nah, that's not going to do it. The whiskey girl I would have give said that. You need to give her something else. I don't have any money. I don't own any land. The only thing I have to offer is my willingness to be there for her. Yourself. That's all you have. It might be enough, but you're going to have to present it right. Celia wants to be in charge. You have to make it clear that you will let her be in charge. You understand me? I think so. I have an idea, if you're willing to go for it. I will try anything. That is a dangerous sentence, but I like the way you're thinking. Come here. Naomi looked around for a moment and found a rope hanging off the side of the wall. She took it down and held it as she stood facing Philocides. All right, give me your hands, she instructed. He held his hands out in front of her. She doubled the rope over and looped it across one wrist and then the other. She quickly wrapped it around both of them and then tied it in a knot, securing his wrists together. She took what was left of the rope, coiled it up, and set it in his hands. Now, you go back into that house, you knock on her bedroom door, and you offer her the rest of this rope. Naomi, 
Is this going to work? Viper, I will be honest. I don't know. And all I know is, this will make her feel safe. And if she feels safe, she'll talk to you. The rest is up to you to be charming. I know it's probably easier for you to shoot things than romance them. So I may not have bought you much of a chance, but why don't you go give it your best anyways and see if it works? Tell me all about it in the morning. Naomi turned from him and began to walk away. She walked up to the carriage, now ready to go. She hopped up to sit next to Cassandra. Cassandra was giggling a little. Good luck, Viper. Close the barn door before you go back into the house, would you? Cassandra asked, still trying not to laugh. She whipped the reins, and the horses began to move. Philocedius shut the door. It took him a little longer than normal. He had to do it with his hands tied together. He walked back to the farmhouse and entered through the back door into the kitchen. He looked down the hallway that led to the back rooms. This is silly, he thought. The girls are having fun with me. I'm going to look even more foolish than if I just talked to her. He struggled to try to untie himself. But the knot was below his hands, and he could not flip them around to work at it. He tried to pull out the binding with his teeth, but again he couldn't twist his arms around to get at the knot. He pulled a knife from the cutting board, but dropped it, trying to spin it around and cut the rope. He sat down at one of the chairs at the dining room table and began to try to use the edge of the table to rub the rope thin, but the table was lacquered smooth and did not tear the fibers at all. What are you doing? He heard from behind him. He stiffened, closed his eyes, and then cleared his throat before he spoke. Um, I'm, I'm trying to untie my hands. I can see that, said Penthesilia. So maybe it's my fault for asking the wrong question. What I meant was, why are your hands tied? It's, it's not important. Can you just help me? He asked, holding his hands out to her. That depends on why they're tied. If somebody had a good reason to tie you up, it may be wrong to untie you. So why were your hands tied together? I really don't want to say. If I guess... Will you tell me? I suppose. Will you untie me? If I'm satisfied with your answers. Fine, go ahead. You were abducted by cattle rustlers, and you barely escaped with your life. So you ran here in order to hide from them. No. Hmm. You tried to tether your horse to a hitching post, but he outsmarted you. No. It might help if you told me who tied you up, Penthesilia asked as she walked closer to him. It's really not important. Could you just untie me? He held his hands out for her. He was still sitting at the kitchen table. She took the rope and examined the knot. Hmm. This is very well tied. Tight. Clean. Tied with enough slack not to cut off the circulation in your hands. Let me see. I can probably guess who did this. She walked around him as she spoke, trailing the end of the rope with her. Once she got around the other side, she slipped the rope into itself and pulled tight. His hands were pulled against him and he was now tied to the chair. This looks like Naomi's work. What are you doing? I'm tying you to the chair, so you have to tell me the truth. Did Naomi leave you in a bind? You should have paid her more. I didn't hire Naomi. Then why did she tie your hands together? That's not really important. It is if you want to get out of this chair tonight. Or I could just leave you here and you can join us for breakfast in the morning, although you'll most likely have to eat like a pig at a trough because 
I'm not going to let anyone untie you until you tell me why Naomi tied your hands together. Fine, but then you promise you'll untie me. I promise nothing, and you'll do it anyway, won't you? I asked Naomi for a little advice, and instead she decided to have a little fun with me. She tied me together as a joke. What kind of advice? I was asking advice about a girl. Viper, Viper, Viper. You were looking to hire Thalia. I don't think the Whiskey Girl is going to like that very much. I wasn't asking about Thalia. Okay, then. Who was it? I was asking her about you. Me! Yes, you. I should just talk to you, but I thought I'd check with your friends first and see if you... I know it was stupid I should have had the courage to talk to you, and now here I am tied to a chair. If you could please end my embarrassment, untie me, let me go, we'll never speak of this again. You asked her about me. I did. Why? Why? Because I have never met anyone like you. You are beautiful. You are the strongest, bravest woman I have ever known. You are bold when others are timid. You fight when others back down. You know what you want from this world and you take it. I can't help but admire that. I can't help but follow you. You are so beautiful. And your strength is so admirable. I think I just wanted a piece for myself. I'm sorry. I I never had the charm of a poet. Please just untie me and we'd all leave this alone. We don't have to even talk about it. Philocedes kept his head down, and he didn't look at her as he spoke. Penthesilia took a step back and let go of the rope. No, Viper, that'll do just fine, she almost whispered. He looked up at her. Her eyes were beginning to tear up. Why are you crying? No one has ever said anything like that to me in my entire life. I grew up in the brothel. My mother runs it. But I was always too tall for a girl, angular and awkward. Even when we were younger, Naomi was more beautiful. My mother was more beautiful. Everyone has always outshined me. That's why I left as soon as I could. Men were always throwing themselves at my friends. They looked past me at other girls. Even the sheriff and William never told me I was beautiful. They admired what I could do for them. They used me, but they never saw me. She bent down and picked up the ropes again. She untied it from the chair and helped Philocedes to his feet. His hands were still bound together. As she pulled on the rope like a leash. Wait, where are we going? We're going to my bedroom. Are are you going to untie me? (laughs) Okay, Billy. I will make you a deal. When I'm done with you, I will untie you. My name's Mark. Not anymore. Penthesilia smiled. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse. Written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the L.A. 
LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. Thank you.